0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. What an end to the 2021 football season, huh, people? I guess now I can officially say Happy New Year. Now that football season is officially over, it is 2022. And so you can kick off 2022 by heading over to betonline today to continue betting on basketball, hockey, some MMA, and the big dance being right around the corner use the promo code believe b l e a v to get a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up today bet online where the game starts oh yeah everybody It's time for the memes of the weekend podcast here on the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. The NFL season has come to a close, and we have much to talk about from everything around the Super Bowl that isn't related to football. If you want the actual football breakdown, check that out over on the NFL Monday podcast, which is available right now, right below this episode, here on the Take It Easy podcast feed. We got a lot to cover here today. We're going to talk about Super Bowl commercials, because of course we're going to talk about Super Bowl commercials. We're going to talk about the halftime show, because of course we're going to talk about the halftime show. We are obligated to talk about the halftime show every single year, and we are going to have much more fun But first, let's talk about number 88 on the Rams. I don't know who number 88 on the Rams is. I believe his last name is Hopkins. Number 88 on the Rams captured my heart during the Super Bowl because the Los Angeles Rams couldn't run the football for shit. The Los Angeles Rams couldn't throw the football to anyone not named Cooper Cup. So who rose when Robert Woods goes down and Tyler Higbee goes down and Odell Beckham goes down in the first half of the game and all that's left is Cooper Cup and you can't throw the ball to Cooper Cup every single time. It was generic number 88 for the Los Angeles Rams, who the first time I saw him, I called Tyler Higbee. I thought it was Tyler Higbee playing for the Los Angeles Rams. Nope. Generic number 88. Doing a lot of the similar things as Tyler Higbee. Rolling out and play action coverage. Sitting in the middle of the field the way Travis Kelsey sits in the middle of the field. I thought it was an excellent, excellent use of number 88 on the Rams. So, so I guess Tyler Higbee just a plug and play guy. Tyler Higbee was originally a practice squad guy. For the Rams during Jared Goff's first season. But even still. I guess generic number 88. Can do all of the jobs of the tight ends. For the Los Angeles Rams. I commend you. Generic number 88. I wish you could have had something memorable happen to you in the game. That made us remember your name. Maybe a touchdown catch. Or a big first down. Or even dropping a pass. That leads to a Bengals interception. That could have put the Bengals up. 24-13. to like Ben Squy, can't pronounce his last name, but he's a generic white wide receiver. You are not a generic white wide receiver. You are tight end number 88, a a player in Madden that was out there catching three passes for the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl because that's all they needed from their Tyler Higbee replacement. So shout out to you, generic number 88. You stole my heart in the Super Bowl and you deserve first crack at the memes of the weekend podcast. Next up, Let's talk about NBC, because holy shit is NBC taking a dive right now. NBC, I mean, generally cable television as a whole is taking a dive right now, but NBC had one thing going for them fantastically, and that was NBC had the highest rated programming on cable television for 14 years straight. The number one program on cable television was Sunday Night Football. And NBC delivered every single Sunday night, wiping out 60 Minutes as a staple of Americana for 50 years. Wiped out 60 Minutes. Wiped out whatever Fox was putting on Sunday nights. Family Guy. (laughs) Wiped out Family Guy. Wiped out whatever ABC was put on Sunday nights. It is Sunday night football and nobody else competes. And NBC has had the same broadcast team for 12 years now. It is Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and Michelle Tafoya. And lo and behold, this Super Bowl was an end of an era for jobs that don't become available ever. Like, John Madden retires after the Super Bowl in 2009, and Tony Romo replaces Phil Simms, who ends up going to the booth, or not the booth, goes to the desk for the pre-game and post-game show that nobody watches except for when the sound is terrible because there is the Applebee's song playing too loudly at the stadium in Kansas City during the AFC Championship game. Like, other than post-John Madden retirement in 2009, those jobs never change in broadcasting. It is Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya— It is Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Aaron Andrews, even through an Aaron Andrews scandal that was no fault of her own. Aaron Andrews still remains on that broadcast team. You can sub in Tom Rinaldi. You can sub in Christina Pink. That is the standard on those broadcasts. It is Jim Nance and it is originally, I believe it was Allie LaForce and then Tracy Wolfson. The point being there, the broadcast teams never change in that sport and It's an end of an era, whether we knew it or not, in that sunny stadium in Los Angeles. Al Michaels probably not coming back to NBC. And Michelle Tafoya announced her retirement from the broadcast booth, or I'm sorry, from the sidelines, from the broadcast team, even though Michelle Tafoya probably could be in the booth doing these broadcasts. Michelle Tafoya retires from the sideline, and Michelle Tafoya is walking away from that and Mike Tirico is going to slide in for Al Michaels as Amazon is advertising during the Super Bowl for their Thursday night football broadcast next year as they're getting ready to throw tons of money at Al Michaels and he doesn't have a contract with NBC anymore and they're throwing tons of money at Troy Aikman who's in a contract dispute with Fox and he can work less by getting the games on Amazon as they throw all of that money at those broadcast teams and Amazon eventually will get back into the football game. You're seeing a first-time shakeup with broadcast teams. Michelle Tafoya retires. Al Michaels is not looking like he's going to return. And Al Michaels threw shade at the broadcast team where he's... I mean, I don't know if this is just end of the season or whatever, but Al Michaels said, Chris, slide in here one last time. And maybe that was just for the season, but I like to read into it more of one last Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth slide before this becomes Mike Tirico doing Olympic promos and generic interviews with Sean McVay at the end. Al Michael, um, Sean, uh, Mike Tirico broadcast booth with Chris Collinsworth, who NBC wants to eventually replace with Drew Brees, who is one of the most say-nothing broadcasters that I have seen, which is perfect for the say-nothing broadcasts of NBC and CBS and Fox. Although Rodney Harrison did give us the tip this time that Aaron Donald was seriously contemplating retirement, the same way Jake Laser doesn't go to Twitter with his information and he actually gives it on the Fox broadcasts a lot because he has personal relationships with a lot of these people. They did drop that bombshell of Rodney Harrison. I don't know where Rodney Harrison did it from, At least I now know Rodney Harrison still works for NBC, because Rodney Harrison just disappeared from the studio halfway through the season after someone held up an umbrella for him on the sidelines of the first game of the season. Rodney Harrison just disappeared. Apparently he still works for NBC because he gave us the news that Aaron Donald was was seriously contemplating retirement on the broadcast. So NBC totally shaking everything up and Maria Taylor was anchoring coverage. By the way, meme of the weekend right here as we lead into our talk about the halftime show, Maria Taylor literally standing behind Snoop Dogg for the 22nd promo and putting her shoulder or putting her hand on Snoop Dogg's shoulder while doing the read and Snoop Dogg turning around and just like kind of looking like he had no idea who this person was, was Excellent. I'm not sure if you all can find the video of this, but it was excellent when Maria Taylor, in the middle of a gigantic crowd, like waddling to the center stage to do the halftime show, is like standing directly behind Snoop Dogg for a 20 second transition between studio show and commercial break. It was excellent in chaos and Maria Taylor getting to be the anchor for the studio show as Mike Tirico takes over for Al Michaels has been in the works with NBC for a while. It's just you get to watch an end of an era Aaron Donald walking away Andrew Whitworth walking away you get to watch the end of an era in football as Amazon takes over your Thursday night coverage and streaming becomes the future and Peacock sells you all the great new content on Peacock for 2022 their streaming platform has taken over the world and eliminated cable television and the end of the al michaels chris collinsworth michelle tafoya era comes as nbc after 14 years of the number one broadcast in america decides it is time to make a change a change they've been preparing for for five years but a change nonetheless the end of an era on the Super Bowl broadcast and Al Michaels was not afraid to kind of drop subtle hints at that fact during the broadcast while also doing an interview with Bob Costas exiled from NBC many years ago during these NBC shakeups and Mike Tirico fills the Bob Costas role and Maria Taylor fills the Bob Costas role Bob Costas got an interview with Al Michaels where he basically admits like, Yeah, I don't have a contract. NBC hasn't approached me with a contract. Sucks to suck. I guess I'm just going to go do Amazon now into my 80s. And Al Michaels very subtly dropping hints on the broadcast that NBC, not going to bring him back. Al Michaels, also I've learned in the past couple weeks, surprisingly large personality. Saw him on Pat McAfee show. Saw him do this interview with Bob Costas. Al Michaels surprisingly not afraid to have a personality. So shout out to Al Michaels and shout out to Michelle Tafoya. Thanks for 15 years of being the voice of the number one cable television program in all of America and many of our greatest NFL football memories. And in the case of Al Michaels, thank you for being slightly petty enough, but also professional enough to drop subtle hints at your dissatisfaction with NBC On the broadcast. Did y'all know that the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field? He's a goat when it comes to investing. He invests in stocks and crypto and even art with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And when that art sells, you get return on investments as high as 30%. If you want to get priority access with Masterworks today, go to masterworks.art slash masterworks.art slash to start investing in stocks and cryptocurrency and shares in artwork today. You can invest like the goat with Masterworks. See important disclosures at masterworks.com slash disclaimer. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Last year's weekend halftime show was awesome. I will still attest that my favorite halftime show ever, 2020 NBA All-Star Game, Chance the Rapper, maybe the best halftime show for any game, venue, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever seen. But the weekend halftime show last year pretty damn good. And one of the things that I observed right off the bat is it's always difficult to do the halftime shows when it's still sunny outside. Like one of the jokes that we've made here is that we don't talk about Coldplay 2015 halftime show. We just don't talk about it anymore. It, it's it's almost as if it never happened. In the the same way, Encanto has the song "We Don't Talk About Bruno." We don't talk about Coldplay 2015 at the halftime show, and it's that one was in San Francisco. And it is really difficult to do the halftime shows when it's still light outside because it's just weird the idea of doing concerts at with light because you can't add pyrotechnics and thing and you know fun things like that. But they did a pretty good job with like the Los angeles theme, cars in the front. Uh, you could move up and down the stairs in the Los Angeles house. It was bougie. You had Dr. Dre um, playing the piano and at the keyboard, and it was pretty cool. Um, Snoop Dogg at the beginning was excellent. They got those two together. And then they kind of bounced around with everyone. Uh, shout out to the shocker of... Of um, 50 Cent, sorry, I almost called him Two Chains. 50 Cent um, showing up upside down on the f- beginning of the Super Bowl halftime. And him being a surprise guest, they did not announce that 50 Cent was going to be part of the halftime show when they did all the promos. But he got to be on the stage at the end, he got to do Into Club. It was a fun halftime show. I'm not going to say it was the best or the worst. It was a fun halftime show. I will walk away saying it was relatively memorable, although they did my boy Kendrick Lamar dirty. They, they did not incorporate Kendrick Lamar well they incorporated 50 Cent better into the show than Kendrick Lamar and 50 Cent wasn't even supposed to be in the show in the first place so I wish they would have incorporated our buddy Kendrick Lamar better because they didn't do right by him they did Eminem right they did him really right uh getting to do the uh (laughs) the song where the loudest roar I heard the entire time was when he came up out of the stage and everyone was like, Oh my God, it's Eminem, which is a whole lot of white people (laughs) showing up to those games. Uh, that was the loudest roar I heard the entire time was when he came up on stage, which in fairness, he probably was a bigger star as a rapper than any of, I mean, Snoop Dogg, pretty, Dr. Dre, pretty close. Eminem's gotta be right up there though. The fact that he finally got, they, they went for the two thousands vibe and like late nineties all the way through. So I understand getting Eminem in there. Um, man they did a great job with everyone except kendrick lamar so like i said weekend was one of my favorites chance the rapper was one of my favorites um the Katy perry one i was kind of young for it but it's like okay um if we're comparing it uh you could also throw lady gaga in the mix there from the super bowl with the atlanta falcons uh and the patriots that one was pretty fun I love the weekend one last year where he does the march down the field that was longer than the Kansas City Chiefs yardage in the first half, and he had the meme of walking through the maze to get to the top of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium. You got the meme this year with 50 Cent, I guess. Um, but when they got Dr. J... I don't know, again, like very clearly Mary J. Blythe going to a, a track doesn't even bother me at all. Like I don't even care that they're singing to a track because her lyrics were very inconsistent when she was on stage. It was more of kind of dancing around in this dancery, kind of just more dancing around a bit for her. Um, I think Dr. Dre kind of had the same thing happen uh, when they got to the final song. Um, And he, he was playing the piano with one hand, and I'm like, it can't be that simple to just hit the piano with one hand on that note. They very clearly have this setup to a tape to make it sound like the beginning of, of Still DRE. I love that they got him and Snoop on the stage together, though, as everyone else kind of filed in after them. I love that they got him and Snoop together for Still DRE right at the very end that was a great finish to the show everyone looked very sweaty up on stage Kendrick Lamar was just kind of bouncing back and forth Mary J Blythe at least got into the dancing part of it once they were all on stage together at the end but Kendrick Lamar was just kind of bouncing around he dapped up 50 cent in the middle of them singing uh Eminem tried to sing DRE as like a tribute and it was just kind of weird because no one else was doing it um altogether, like I said very good I liked it it I liked it. I'm not going to say it was my favorite ever, but I really liked it. I think Chance the Rapper 2020 is a hard bar to live up to at the NBA All-Star game, but this one took the cake a little bit. Also, shout out to them for getting Anderson Pack to do the drums for... Eminem's "Lose Yourself," it was great. It was great when I just saw Anderson Pack doing the drums. I was like, "Oh, that's such a cool cameo there!" Uh, actually, I can't. I'm uh, Fifty Cent was there at the end, but now I almost called him T Pain. I called him. I almost called him Two Chains earlier, and this time I called him T Pain. Fifty Cent at the very end was like on stage so he was the easy one to remember but anderson pack love me some anderson pack so the fact that he showed up as the drummer because like anderson pack can sing a little bit if we did a review of silk sonic where he gets to sing a lot on the tracks obviously bruno mars takes the cake one of the great vocalists of our generation his super bowl halftime show was also very fun i'll put i was a child when it happened but Bruno Mars did a fun Super Bowl halftime show too. I think he was a special guest on someone else's, but he did an awesome Super Bowl halftime show. That was the one in New York, I believe, for the Broncos and Seahawks game. But anyways, the point being, the Anderson Pack getting to come on there and do the drums, because he's originally a drummer by trade, musician later on. Getting to see him do the drums on stage with Eminem was a really cool addition because he's like one of the only drummers that I actually know famously as a little bit of a music connoisseur. I only know music so much, but uh, shout out to getting Anderson Pack up on the stage. That was an awesome part of the Super Bowl halftime show. Like I said, altogether, I really enjoyed it. It's not my favorite ever, The Weeknd and Chance the Rapper Take the Cake, but it also wasn't Coldplay 2015. 8 out of 10, 8.5 out of 10, even, I'll say. Or in the spirit of generic number 88 for the Los Angeles Rams, let's call it an 8.8 out of 10 on the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Tell me you haven't heard this before. You're sitting in your favorite restaurant, coffee shop. Maybe you're sitting in an airport because your flight's been delayed for an extra hour and a half. You want to use your phone and you want to use your computer, but you're afraid of that public Wi-Fi because you've heard all the stories. Maybe it's happened to you where your data gets hacked, your information's out there on the dark web. It's, it's scary. It happened to me uh, last year, actually. If you want to protect yourself nowadays, it's really important that you get security. And NordVPN has a deal for you today. If you go to nordvpn.com slash believe and use our code B-L-E-A-V, you can get 70% off a protection plan with NordVPN for two years with an additional month for free. With a 30-day money-back guaranteed, you are also risk-free if you don't want the service. Sign up today at nordvpn.com believe. Next up here on memes of the weekend, we must do the obligatory What are your favorite Super Bowl commercials segment of the podcast? I would like to spend a good portion of this talking about the lore of the E-Trade baby coming back in a helicopter for his return to help people save money with E-Trade. And I also risk putting out free advertising for any of the companies. But they spent a lot of money on their Super Bowl commercials. So you know what? We'll honor them by giving them free advertising. Uh, the E-Trade Baby, for those of you who may be a little young, the E-Trade Baby used to be a person who would do the equivalent of like cold call conversations, like like the office style blogs where they're like talking into a camera like the confessionals with a baby who had a really funny voice and said sarcastic shit all the time and then would get out like a phone and start using the E-Trade app. And it was very, very great. I E-Trade kind of fell off just in terms of like doing any kind of advertisements, but man, the E-Trade baby was a lore of my childhood. And sometimes if you hit me with childhood nostalgia, I'm all good with it. You don't have to do anything else but just hit me with childhood nostalgia and I am in on your commercial. The fact that they hit E-Trade Baby right off the bat, chopping wood in the middle of the forest, being asked to come back for one more trip, one more ride, one more mission. E-Trade Baby came through in the clutch in 2022 and I wish I could do a full podcast just on the E-Trade baby. I'm sure we'll have more chances to do this in the near future. Also, little Dicky did little Di- so that little Dicky got done dirty. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. I could have edited that. I choose not to. Little Dicky got done dirty cuz GOPuff was supposed to have a quarter-time show for the Super Bowl and little Dicky didn't get to perform at the quarter time show and I am pissed that that was a commercial that got cut from the halftime. Lil Dicky, they did it on YouTube, but they didn't do it during a 30 second ad spot on the Super Bowl commercial. I wish that they couldn't have gotten cut and we need justice for Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky deserved better because He should have gotten the quarter-time, halftime show. Apparently, it exists somewhere on the internet, a full five-minute commercial with Lil Dicky and GoPuff, but the fact that he didn't get to do the quarter-time show on the Super Bowl is incredibly disappointing to me. GoPuff, I've never heard of you before. Apparently, you're like a a company that, like, trades or ships packages, I think, I don't know. I haven't seen the full commercial. They mention it kind of, you know, quickly. But the fact that Lil Dicky didn't get to actually perform the quarter-time show at the Super Bowl is a complete disappointment. You should have coughed up the $6.7 million that it cost for a 30-second advertisement with Lil Dicky doing the quarter-time, halftime show. Quarter-time show. God, that's hard to say. Lil Dicky got done dirty doing a quarter-time show. There we go. Got it right. Lil Dicky got done dirty doing a quarter time show. Let's try saying that five times fast. Justice for Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky deserved to have a chance to perform at the Super Bowl quarter time. You should have forked up the $6.7 million. Why? Because it's not my money. You should have done it. Go puff. Whatever you sell. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Zeus singing Electric Avenue for an electric car. I don't remember which company the electric car was for. There were a lot of car companies in there. Doja Cat was also in a car, which I thought was another car commercial, but apparently it was a Taco Bell commercial, where Doja Cat was dressed like a clown and then went to Taco Bell. I didn't hear the commercial, so I presume there was like the ding thing that they do, where like the boy and the girl are kissing on the beach, and then the girl hears the ding and immediately goes to Taco Bell, which is, you know, a mood but having Doja Cat in a Taco Bell commercial that I thought was a car commercial made me think that if, if not for being as outlandishly funny as Taco Bell, I would have said Doja Cat was selling cars, just like Eugene Levy was selling cars. You know, it happens sometimes. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was selling an electric car dressed as Zeus and singing the song Electric Avenue and we can take it higher. It was very good, very good. I don't remember what you were selling, but whoever did the Arnold Schwarzenegger... It's like the guy who... It's like the, the oat milk commercial guy last year who basically just... Sang, the CEO of the company sang for 30 seconds during the halftime show. Never going to purchase your product, but it was memorable. Arnold Schwarzenegger singing Electric Avenue while dressed as Zeus, who goes to retire in Palm Springs. Excellent commercial excellent commercial by whoever put that one together uh the t-mobile t-mobile got the roughest spot of any commercial by the way t-mobile did one like they spent a lot on this they've been they've done a giant ad campaign for 5g and replacing from verizon they got miley cyrus they got dolly parton they spent six million dollars on their commercial and unfortunately T-Mobile got screwed because T-Mobile got the commercial right after the Odell Beckham injury. And I'm so sorry, T-Mobile, that that had to happen to you, that you were the unfortunate people who had to get the first commercial right after Odell Beckham got hurt. Uh, tough break for you guys, but at least your commercial was worth all the money that you spent on it. Uh Kia did a g- awesome commercial. It reminded me of those old like Bud, uh, Budweiser commercials with the Clydesdales that made everyone feel good every year. Um, they did a really cool one this year with a ro- with an animatronic dog. This was another electric car commercial. I don't remember what electric car it was, but it was another electric car commercial. You know who else had an awesome electric car commercial? The people who got uh, Doctor Evil, Mike Myers, and Seth Green, and all the people from. Austin Powers to do a General Motors commercial for electric vehicles. Electric vehicle commercials, three for three during the Super Bowl. You should also buy an electric vehicle. This is an important way to combat climate change, which was apparently the message that Dr. Evil was trying to deliver to you during the Super Bowl halftime show. The greatest 2000s callback since last year when they got Wayne's World to do an Uber Eats commercial with Cardi B. Excellent, excellent. Excellent job by the people who put that together at General Motors. Electric car commercial, three for three. Anyways, back to the robotic dog. I think that one was Kia. So Kia, you get your props for your commercial. Uh, they had this electric uh, powered dog who sees an electric car and starts chasing down the owner all across the city and eventually jumps off the roof of like a five-story building and its battery dies mid-jump. And its eyes close immediately as it's falling to what would be the, the equivalent of death for anyone else other than this robotic dog that ends up being miraculously fine as it falls to the ground. But this robotic dog chases this electric car all over the city and just has an amazing, amazing f- end feel-good where the person with the electric car charges the dog up and the dog gets to put its tongue out the window like it's a real dog and not a robot dog and it's a feel-good end for your Kia commercial. I think it was Kia, but an excellent feel-good commercial. One of my favorites. Uh, It doesn't quite get to the level of Arnold Schwarzenegger singing Electric Avenue or the E-Trade Baby, but it was an incredible, incredible commercial. And last but not least... Bud Light Seltzer coming through in the clutch. Actually, since we're talking about Bud Light Seltzer, let's also talk about Michelob Ultra, which just put a bunch of celebrities together in their commercial. They put just a random smattering of athletes together. They had a bowling alley. Before we get back to what... Bud Light Seltzer did. Let's talk about Michelob Ultra first. Michelob Ultra had just the most random assortment of celebrities together. And I know Super Bowl commercials can have random celebrities in there. Like, all the Shit's Creek people came back for this Super Bowl run. Like, Eugene Levy, he can put his name on anything. The mom from Home Alone, who was uh, Moira in Shit's Creek, you can get in the commercial too for a cameo. Just put everyone together. In random commercials. But Michelob Ultra took this to a whole new level. Because it was in a bowling alley. It had Peyton Manning starting off. Jimmy Butler. Who we already knew was a Michelob Ultra person. But Jimmy Butler being in the bowling alley with Peyton Manning is weird. Brooks Kepka being in a bowling alley. Which, you know, some people might not even know that that's Brooks Kepka, famous golfer. Or famous bad boy of golfing. And Steve Buscemi is back there just he doesn't say anything. Steve Buscemi's just the the person at the counter at this bowling alley because apparently Steve Buscemi less famous than all of the famous athletes that are sponsoring Mikelov Ultra. And then who walks in at the very end wearing bowling shoes? and a full bowling outfit, it is Serena Williams, who I feel like I've seen on every goddamn commercial for every single football game this year. DirecTV Stream didn't do their commercial campaign this time with Serena Williams and The Matrix, or Serena Williams as Wonder Woman, but they did get Serena Williams in a Michelob Ultra commercial with random Steve Buscemi, Brooks Kepka, Jimmy Butler, Peyton Manning, Possibly Brooks Kepka's caddy. They had a commercial with a caddy in it. But I'm not sure if it was Brooks Kepka's actual caddy. All of that very confusing. Random assortment of celebrities together. And Michelob Ultra did well. But you know who had the most fun ad campaign? Bud Light Seltzer. Because what did Bud Light Seltzer do? If you walk into the fridge. And follow the Bud Light Seltzer. As it is being carried to none other. Than Flavortown. And who is the head of Flavortown? It is none other than Guy Fieri. And Guy Fieri is living in a dystopian Flavortown when he discovers Bud Light Seltzer. And Guy Fieri declares once and for all that this is the flavoriest flavor in all of Flavortown, which is really looks like a dystopian society. Like it, it, it's it, got like hologram projections. It's like Times Square, but everyone's wearing chrome like that one episode of Spongebob where they go to the future. It's just a weird, weird smattering of people and dystopian Flavortown. And it was amazing. It was amazing a great laugh out loud commercial and only with the E-Trade baby and the the um, the Dr. Evil, the E-Trade, the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Flavortown were the only ones that got me smiling, laughing out loud. Other ones made me feel things. It was a great, great roundabout Super Bowl commercial run this year. Got about six or seven that'll stick with me forever. Also, Idris Elba, doing booking.com. With his deep, dark, British voice. It was wonderful as well. Great, great campaign this year from all of you people. You get to be the memorable ones. Also, Coinbase. They're going to have the one with the, you know, the QR code bouncing up and down. I tried to scan the QR code and it didn't work. But uh, it was fun to have it for all of us to enjoy. QR code, Coinbase. Shout out to you as well. stop coming till i put them on the back i'm a mountain man from west va They call me Herc and i came to play i learned long ago to ram it just right you can ram it all day and ram it all night it ram it today last but certainly not least here on memes of the weekend jared goff poor jared goff Could Jared Goff have done what Matthew Stafford did in the Super Bowl this year? Possibly. Did Matthew Stafford win the Super Bowl while throwing 19 interceptions? Yes, Matthew Stafford did. And yet, Matthew Stafford gets to be Super Bowl champion. And Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions get to be losers once again. This gotta suck to be Detroit. Like, the three greatest players in your franchise history, two of them you made quit in, like, generational talents quit because your team is so poorly run and the other one leaves and wins a Super Bowl in his first year after leaving. Woof. 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 That is a rough rough break for Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, I know he's not as good as Matthew Stafford. I do think Jared Goff could have possibly did what Matthew Stafford did to win the championship for the Rams. But Sean McVay hated him. And Sean McVay, future Hall of Fame coach, gets to give the double middle finger to Jared Goff, who gets to be a loser with Man Campbell and the Detroit Lions. So just a general meme, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions on the flip side of the Matthew Stafford trade that happened January 29th, 2021. A year and two weeks ago, 54 weeks, and now ends up being the move that determines a Super Bowl is not having Jared Goff. The same way we got to laugh at Jameis Winston last year, you get to laugh at Jared Goff. In the same way, actually, I said on the NFL Monday pod that Joe Burrow is essentially his generation's Andrew Luck. Jameis Winston and Joe Bur- and Jared Goff are doing the Spider-Man memes at each other. It's kind of weird how some of these things have corollaries, right? Like the Rams, third best team in the NFC this year. Last year, Tampa Bay, third best team in the NFC. Both win a Super Bowl at the end. Courtesy of the teams losing, having terrible offensive lines. It's kind of interesting how these parallel every now and then between the Los Angeles Rams 2021 championship and the Buccaneers 2020 championship. Immediately change quarterbacks, benefit from playing a team with a poor offensive line, and you get to win a Super Bowl in your first year in a new place. Congratulations to the Rams on being 2021's Buccaneers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the memes of the weekend podcast here on the take it easy podcast here on the believe podcast network. Check out the NFL Monday podcast, check out our football Sunday podcast. Uh, and well, I guess wired up getting Blake Jude's thoughts on all of the wonderful, lovely things and be on the lookout for all our content coming up this week. We're going to have fun conversations with fun people as we get you set for everything that you were missing in the world of sports while watching the NFL. So thanks for stopping in everybody. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for helping support our dreams. And as always, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.